Welcome to F the Hustle. I'm your host, Kim Doyle. You want a life that is meaningful and exciting. In this podcast, we're going to talk about launching and growing an online business that fits your lifestyle. F the Hustle is all about doing good work, building real relationships, and most importantly, creating a business that supports how you want to live your life. You don't have to sacrifice the quality of your life today to create something that sets your soul on fire. And yes, that includes making a lot of money. So we'll be talking about selling, charging what you're worth, and how earning more means helping more people. My goal is to help you find freedom and create a business on your terms. What up, what up? Welcome back. Welcome back to me, actually. Welcome to another episode of F the Hustle with Kim Doyle. Uh, I, of course, am your host, Kim Doyle, and the welcome back is because it has been a hot minute uh, since I recorded a podcast episode. When I looked back, I was a little bit stunned (laughs) that it was actually September, although I don't know why, because I had back surgery on October 1st. So if you want to pass a little bit of this backstory update, um, you know, this shouldn't be more than five minutes, but going to do a quick little backstory and update as to where I have been and then, of course, I will be bringing you up to speed and introducing Create It, the content planner, to you as well. So, <clears throat> excuse me. It is a roasty, toasty day in Costa Rica. There has been, it has been raining almost nonstop until like two days ago. It's every single day, um, which has been kind of okay. Um, but today, blue skies. It's got to be, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to look at the weather app, but I don't know. It's feeling like 85, 90. It's pretty toasty, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful day. All right. So, oh, here we go. Um, the podcast, man, this is, this is all about why you batch stuff and get ahead of it. However, um, you know, it's kind of not the way I've been doing things with the podcast that will be changing in 2023, but so I had back surgery here in Costa Rica on October 1st, and my dog, who had surgery on both knees, then needed a second surgery on one of her legs. She came home the week before my surgery, and that was after being at the vet for five weeks. So, um, And that was a little traumatic for both of us. Um, the surgery was done well, I'm sure, but when I picked her up, she was filthy, and I just felt like I had just broken her little spirit and she's doing fantastic now. She's home and healthy and just getting better every day. Anyway, let me just say that having surgery in another country was an interesting experience to say the least. I'm kind of thinking about writing an article on Medium about the spirit, about the experience, uh, but we'll see if I get around to it. You know, um, like there's nothing in me that thought the neurosurgeon wasn't good or knew what he was doing hundred percent, but the hospital stay just yeah, a little bit different. Uh, You know, like I literally was like, I'm out of here. My daughter was down here for the week after and my therapist, God bless her, let me recuperate at her house for a week, which is that crazy house on the beach because there's a bedroom on the first floor. My place is on the third floor. And it was kind of nice not having the dogs around to just, you know, chill. And so my daughter got a nice little vacation in Costa Rica, but she was amazing. And I was very happy to have her down here. But Um, you know, waiting for the neurosurgeon to come in the next day. I was, my surgery was like four. We probably didn't get in till 4.30 or go upstairs till 4.30. Anyway, um, he was phenomenal. But then when I was asked, I'm like, can I go (laughs) the next day? And I won't 
go into all the details about the whole night at the hospital. But um, I got myself up to go to the bathroom and walk the first time and just all those things. So at that point, I was like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, there's no reason for me to be here. And I've never been that way, which I I should say. Um, I've had a f- five, this is six surgery. I had three hip surgeries as a kid. I've had bunion surgery on both my feet. Uh, the hip surgeries were obviously kind of major, but I was a child, right? I was 12, 13, and 14 when those all took place. And so my parents were there and took care of me and everything. Um, but yeah, like saying I'm out of here, I've never been that person at a hospital, but I was like, get me out. And I didn't even sign anything. You guys, my daughter was like, we need a wheelchair. We're leaving. (laughs) And it was just anyways, you know, six of one needless to say, um, the surgery was done very well. And the post-op, there were zero post-op instructions given to me, which I had been told actually by plenty of people like, get ahead of it, find out, ask questions. And, you know, I, this country lives on WhatsApp. So I sent a message to the doctor Sunday, like, I'm sorry, I couldn't stay. I I wanted to get home. And he's like, no, no, no worries. And so I was asking him questions. I had asked one of the nurses, I'm like, so can I swim? Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, great. He's like, oh, no, I just had a feeling And I meant getting in the pool. I wouldn't jump in the ocean. But four to six weeks was more like that. Um, But anyways, you know, it just it was it was just weird, you guys, the post-op stuff. I messaged him the next day about some of the medications. Never heard from him. I was like, okay, like I need to get a little more resourceful. Fortunately, someone on my list, a huge shout out to Alex Smith of Fluid Junction, but a similar surgery in the United States. We became pen pals pretty quickly via email, um, and he became my go-to with questions about post-op care and has sent me exercises and guidelines and stuff that he went through. So the other, talk about right place, right timing. One of my friends um, and neighbors uh, in in my building um, is, she is a nurse, and she worked for a neurosurgeon in the States. And so she knows, she's seen the surgery successfully done multiple times, so she was a godsend to the point where I even, uh, when I went to have the stitches removed 10 days later, um, there was like fluid, like water, which was weird anyways. But so he put two more stitches back in and I was like, I am not coming back out to Liberia. It's a good hour. And sitting in the car that long was not comfortable that time. A friend took me, but so my neighbor came up and took my stitches out. She had all her surgical scissors and everything. So (laughs) amen. All that being said, I am totally on the road to recovery. The marker, like four weeks was the marker for uh, being able to sleep on my stomach, which my neighbor, Stephanie, the nurse is like, that is the worst position you can sleep on. (laughs) Um, But because of hip surgeries as a kid, I can't, I'm not comfortable with my hips. Anyways, I'm really trying to at least put a pillow under my stomach and, and do the right thing. So that, and then now being able to get in the pool, the sun is out this weekend. So I'm really hoping to just get outside a little bit this weekend. Um, But either way, like really everything I read said at about six weeks, you'd start to feel better, closer to normal. Um, The surgeon said complete recovery is a year, but I think that means, I I don't know exactly what that means, but um, you know, there's, there's just markers. And so I just have to be patient. Uh, But this was really true for me at six weeks, which was 
just last weekend prior to recording this. Um, yeah, I, I was like, wow, I feel like I turned a corner. You know, like when after I get up and get going, I'm walking without a limp and all that kind of stuff. But then by the end of the day, I'm I'm sore. And just as I increase my activity, I feel sore or I'm a little bit limpy. <laughs> but, you know, or I get tired in the late afternoon, too. So all of these things, though, are par for the course and normal. So and bonus, I'm not in any pain. So I am super happy. I have no regrets in having done it down here. I'll say that. Uh, I don't know how comfortable it would have been to fly back to the States and my, I would have been there for a little bit. So it, yeah, it just made sense to get it taken care of. Um, I will say the surgeon told me it was the biggest hernia they've ever seen and, uh, go big or go home. Right. And I think he said, uh, people were like, how is she walking? Well, drugs. And so I'm, there's one medication that, um, blocks nerve pain that I'm supposed to be on for six months. So, and when I say supposed to be, because we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know if I, whatever. Um, it makes me a little bit sleepy and there's a couple other side effects, nothing major, but so I take it at night and you know, the rest, it's all good. It's all good. And, but for, 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 for wow, not easy for me to say. Um, I have been pretty much hanging out in my place for the last six weeks then. Working, resting, and recuperating. That, that's kind of all I've done. Um, you know, I go out to get groceries and a meal or coffee with a friend here and there. But um, I've, I've pretty much just been head down, which has kind of been nice th- to simply be able to focus. Um, so for that, I'm grateful. Um, you know, and I've got some more friends that have come back now because we are going into high season here. Uh, the dry season, like I said, sunny, beautiful. And, um, this weekend I'm looking forward to my dear friend, Cheryl downstairs, who's Canadian and is cooking an an American Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, you know, so things are good. Things are good. All right. Now that you're up to speed on all that, uh, I think it's time to let, let's, let's jump into create it. The content planner. Holy moly. All right. So if you haven't heard, I did a whole podcast episode called Time for a New Chapter. Uh, but Jody and I shut down the Content Creators Planner a couple of months ago. And I have linked to that podcast. So you can, you know, if you're on the site, or, you know, you can go there or just scroll backwards, depending on whatever you listen to your podcast on. Um, but it was during the closing of that business that I started to feel the pull to give it another go. And there's a lot of reasons. A lot of them are personal reasons. I talked about why we shut it down, just timing and stuff. But, you know, we didn't shut it down because it wasn't a good business. But as a team, we really didn't have the time. Jody has a very successful full-time agency and is the primary person responsible for her aging parents. She simply has a lot on her plate. And so as we were shutting that down, you know, initially I thought I would move on and focus on F the Hustle. Not just the newsletter, but the fact that it truly is a business and life framework that just keeps getting clearer and clearer. But that niggly feeling of what if wouldn't go away. And this isn't to say, <clears throat> well, I'm just going to say it and stop pre-qualifying. But the planner was my idea. I had a scrapbook store. Like, I love the pen and the paper and the, the planning. And the organ- I just, I love all of it. I love all of it. And it was fun having an e-commerce business. And 
doesn't mean it's not hard, but it was fun. And I learned a ton. So that what if feeling really started with, you know, well, what if I did a new planner? What if I did it by myself? What if I started a new company? And what if we did more than one type of planner? What if we did more than planners? So you can see <laughs> the wheels started turning and I just, I knew it was what I was supposed to do. And having successfully done this once, albeit with a business partner, I knew I could do it again. Uh, because I had that much more knowledge and understanding of running an e-commerce business. Mind you, I would say I'm a complete noob at it still. Um, <clears throat> but I just thought, you know, I could take all the lessons, the mistakes, the challenges, and the wins and try things differently, do things differently. And the one thing I knew had to be different this time was that I had to have a team. And I'll tell you, this is going to go a little woo-woo here for a second, but you know, when you get in alignment with what you feel you're in your heart and your soul, you're supposed to do the people, the things, everything starts showing up. Everything starts showing up. You know, I had reached out. So I'd been looking at, I, I knew what I wanted to do differently with the planner. And I'm going to completely share and explain the nine steps that are incorporated in the planner and what each section does and how it stacks all that stuff. So I'm not trying to be cryptic here, but you know, I started with, um, I, kind of for me, like I always start with a logo and then I work through that and then I'm working on the, the story brand and the messaging and all that kind of stuff. Right. But, um, I had signed up with Kemp.com. I had tried a couple designers on Upwork and nothing, it just, nothing was sticking, nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> um, and you know, as far as, the um, uh, productized service, you know, like uh, I've used Design Pickle, I've used Kemp before. The, the tough thing with those, I think it's great if you end up with somebody that really gets your vision and there's a cohesiveness. Now with Kemp, you get like two hours of work a day and it's just ridiculous um, in terms of turnaround time, or it's like, not everything should take two hours, just it, it, because I worked with a designer. When I, back as the WordPress chick, I had an outsourcing company and I had developers and designers. So a good designer, there's, there, there would be changes I'd ask for and I'd see the clock tick back to another hour. I'm like, this should take five minutes, which tells you that they're working on a bunch of other projects. So, you know, one thing I learned, I, I don't want to outsource to service companies. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it can be really challenging when you can do just about everything you need in your business. Between the two of us, Jody and I had everything covered. After months of doing it on our own, the only thing we hired out was Facebook ads. And the first agency we hired did great. The second agency was a bigger agency and they really did not have experience in the online space with funnels and upsells and downsells and any of that. And we burned through cash. Like they were like, Oh, but look, look at how many you sold. I'm like, yeah, but, but look, look at our bank account. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are getting paid. We're not. So I won't ever do that again. I will hire for everything within the company. And you know, I just, uh, yeah, I, I'll hire the experience with the paid traffic um, like I said, it's it's keeping it in-house. I have a dear friend who's great with paid media. 
she worked for um, a, uh, another company years ago and ran all their Facebook and Google ads. And so I've already said, look, can we be your only client? Because she's got other stuff going on. But if there comes a point where she doesn't want to do it, then great. And if I have to dig in and become great at it, I'm going to do that too, because I will not do that again. Um, I learned. And, you know, there are a lot of people that can give you a pretty proposal, but I'm like, show me who else in this space you've done this for, which we should have known. And I'm not waiting three weeks to get creative back from anybody. That's horseshit. Anyway, who's better? Not me. So like I said, um, no more big agencies. And I just, yeah, no more big agencies. I had, um, I had a couple people approach me that I was talking to about this and they're like, Oh, what about having a, um, like a strategic partner? So we just get a piece of the business and we provide X service and it's like, Oh, and then I was like, no, no, this is mine. Like I told my daughter, I'm like, you're not part owner. She's working with me. Um, she's like, that's fine. You know, this is not her end all be all. Not to mention if something happens to me, my kids get everything. All right. <laughs> this is someone feels a little bit rusty from with podcasting. So I hope this is a little entertaining for you. So as of now, my tiny effective team, and again, I talked about this in a previous episode, that's from Jenny Blake's book, Free Time, and I highly recommend it. Myself, my daughter, a designer and a developer. So the designer, you guys, talk about hitting the lottery. I worked with a gal when I had the outsourcing company who I just adore her. She's in Indonesia. We worked together though for six years maybe. And then she got married and was having kids. Well, after my frustration with Kemp, I don't even know if I ended on that. After that, I reached out to her and I said, you know, I hope everything's good. And we're friends on Instagram and stuff. And over the years, like she had done, you know, an invitation for my dad's 70th birthday or my, my parents' anniversary party, their 50th anniversary. So she was kind of my go-to. Um, but I knew like, she's got four boys and I don't know what the ages are at this point, but I'm thinking three, four to seven, eight, maybe. And, but I reached out to her on Instagram and I said, do you know anybody who is as good as you that's looking for work? And she said, actually, I'd love to work with you again. My kids are in school until noon. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like I, I literally was like, I feel like I won the lottery. You just made my day. You have no idea how happy I am. And she said it too. She was so excited to work with me again. And she, that she told her family. And so we keep, you guys, this is a little bit like hallmarky, but truly, you know, every email for the first, I don't know, a few weeks, I'm like, P.S. Did I tell you how happy I'm to be working with you again? P.S. Did I tell you you're awesome? P.S. Please don't ever leave me. <laughs> it was just, it was fun. It was really fun. So anyway, so those, we've got those four positions. My daughter has totally taken control of the newsletter. It's called Creators Weekly. And uh, there at some point will be a place to sign up for that. Right now, we just have the pre-sale funnel. But once you, if you purchase, you'll get Creators Weekly. And uh, the developer, developers I worked with for years, also with the outsourcing company. And, you know, I think some of the loyalty with both the designer and the developers, when I shut down the outsourcing company, I said, because I was just like, I need to get out of doing websites. I need to get out of doing websites. So what I did was um, I 
wanted to keep them as whole as possible. So I just introduced them to all the clients directly. And every time, like the developer, I've sent him so much work over the years and the designer until she started having kids. But I was like, look, you can work with people directly if you'd like. What do you guys want to do? You know, so it's really taking care of people and and having those solid relationships to let people know they matter. So those initial positions I have the account, the accountant in place, which is my childhood best friend. She is, a, she has her own CPA firm uh, and they did the accounting and everything for content creators planner. So we're going to retain them ASAP. And then the next role that I'll hire for is social media. And I've already got someone in mind for this position and really hope it works out. Someone I know personally is looking for a remote job. She's done some social media stuff and she wants a job where she can grow. She's not looking to build her own business. So that's another piece of this, right? That I don't want to be a client for someone per se. I want someone to feel like we take care of them. They're paid well that we, you know, and I will let the CPA figure out, should they be employees? Can we do contractors? What can we, how do we bonus them? How do we make sure they get paid time off? All of those things, right? I really want, I I just, I think I spent so long working in retail management with corporate companies that the first thing they always cut was payroll. I'm like, you, you get it, right? That when you take care of your employees, you're going to be way more successful. Anyways, moving on. Um, so I've got someone in right in mind for that position, and I'm hoping December, January that we can do that. Um, I'm more interested though, because between my daughter and I, we can manage that for the time being. Um, but I'm really hoping to bring her on, but I want to put money into ads as soon as possible. So um, yeah, that will hopefully be happening in December, which, you know, cheap time of year to start. Sarcasm. I also have two writers, uh, one who has a strong understanding of SEO, and he is helping me with the SEO, uh, doing the keyword research and the cornerstone content and mapping out what we're going to be creating on the site. Um, And then the other writer someday worked with years ago, and so I will assign him content based on the SEO strategy and the keywords and whatnot. So you know, there is no way I can scale this if there's only a couple of us creating content. So that is the plan for that. Um, And, you know, I know well enough that there were times with uh, content creators plan where I felt like I was, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like always on the tip of my tongue, but like I was robbing from Kim Doyle to give to that brand. And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't want to start talking about stuff on this brand that I talk about over here that I was writing about for whatever amount of time. So that's why it's going to be a lot better that a lot better. Yeah. That just, that sounded weird. Um, <laughs> it's going to be better to have other voices writing for the brand. And like I said, I think I said, I want to open up guest posting, um, in the first quarter of 2023, um, you know, that we will give a link back and do all the good stuff for good content. And so that's a plan too. So wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If you would like to write a guest post, just give me a holler. You know, I have no doubt there's going to be other positions we hire for down the road. I've actually done a map of my tiny effective team. The, the couple other positions, one is a VA or, and when I say personal assistant, 
I don't mean for me personally, but someone, a VA project manager type person that keeps things moving and does updates with where tasks are at, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's not my wheelhouse. Um, and anything else? I'm trying to think. Even legal. You know, we're filing the S Corp through legal Zoom. I don't think that there's a whole lot there at this juncture. Um, but we'll see. Really, we'll see. Um, especially as we get into, well, that's not totally true. I shouldn't say we'll see. Um, the Notion version, uh, my amazing friend Sandy Evelith is uh, creating that based on the planner. Um, and so I'm paying her for that and we'll pay to have the course done for Notion. Um, you know, so I'd really like to hire people for, and not necessarily on a team, but pay someone like, would you like to contribute this type of a course? Or would you like to host this type of a training, that type of stuff? You know, so we'll see, it's all going to evolve. It's all going to evolve. But anyways, um, there will be other positions and I'm just, I'm so fortunate. My daughter's been working with me on and off for the past 10 years. She's got a degree in screenwriting. She knows audio video editing as well. She is a natural for writing. And so it, it's just great. Not to mention all the other things she learned along the way. Like the first issue of the newsletter actually went out this week. I'm using Klaviyo for the email marketing. Um, I am not a huge active campaign fan. That's what we use because they have a deep integration with Woo, but so does Klaviyo. And honestly, not a huge fan of active campaign as a company, to, to tell you the truth. So there's that. Anyways, the open rates have been phenomenal. And my daughter sent the first newsletter and she just went in and figured it out. And so hats off to us, mainly her for that. And we'll probably be investing in Newsletter Glue, the WordPress plugin. That will allow us to add the post in WordPress, send it into Klaviyo, all formatted, scheduled, and ready to go. So we don't have to copy and paste as a blog post. Anyway, all right. So let's jump into what makes Create It the content planner different. And if you're wondering why is it called Create It the content planner, and trust me, let me tell you, I think I think I talked about this as I was working through the naming of it. Um, I went through all the naming exercises. And so the website's actually createdcompany.com because I want to have more than one planner um, and one focus. So eventually, like I, uh, I want, there's a couple names that I have for things, um, but it's going to be more than just a planner. Excuse me. We have the digital and the notion version, and there's going to be other physical products. There's going to be other digital products. So I'm really excited. So that's why it's Create It Company. And Create It kind of covers a lot of things and it's creativity and all that good stuff. And oh my God, am I ridiculously excited. We're going to have a little set of mascots because why not have more fun? And those will be introduced and, and not until they're done and we're ready to introduce them. But just stay tuned because it's going to be really fun. I promise. So at the time of this recording... Uh, we're watching social media platforms to try to figure out how to pivot with the ever-changing landscape, right? Like, and I don't mean us, but all of us. It's like, what's going on? Elon, is he going to destroy Twitter? Is he not? And if I never hear his name again too soon, and I probably say that three times in this episode, so point made. Um, TikTok is still growing strong. Facebook feels like a ghost town. And Instagram has introduced subscriptions. It's it's kind of exhausting, right? How much is happening? So what makes this planner different is I want people to start thinking about content contextually. 
what are you creating and where are you sharing it and who is there to receive it and what type of content do they expect on those platforms, right? So what works on Facebook won't work on Twitter and vice versa. You know, like you can't take a Twitter thread and throw it on Facebook and think it's going to work the same way. I would test it 100% like as bullets as opposed to a thread, but it's not going to work the same way. It won't look like a thread. It won't be a thread. You know, gone are the days of being able to simply resize images and push your content everywhere. And side note, I'm guilty as charged. You know, no, I am not. There's no judgment in any of this, but this is the ever-changing landscape. At the same time, trying to do this can also be incredibly overwhelming when you have a business to run. A lot of people who listen to the podcast or follow me or on my list are creators. They've got web design businesses, they're content and course creators and coaches. But there are a lot of businesses out there that don't fit in this quote unquote creator economy, whether they're it's a dentist office or a chiropractor. And now they're like, now we have to create content, right? So we just want to run our business. So, you know, it's really important. They know that they need to create content to drive traffic, leads, and sales in their business. But where to start? Because the other piece, and I'll tell you this. You know, I love paid traffic and I want us to invest heavily in it. We'll start with Facebook and Instagram. I totally want to test TikTok. We're going to get into YouTube also. So it, it's going to be a consistent part of the strategy. I know that. And that being said, having the organic content to back it up, you know, it's, it's that sort of top of mind. When you got, I read a great article this morning and I, I apologize as a newsletter, but they were talking about being a content brand that by the time somebody purchases, they've already consumed some of your content. They know who you are. You've become a content brand. They like consuming your content. I mean, we know that there are big companies, right? The first one that comes to mind, Wendy's, right? In the United States, Wendy's hamburger chain, they're sarcastic and witty and funny, in on Twitter. So they've become a content brand also. And so there is that type of top of mind awareness. So the awareness of somebody with cold traffic versus the awareness of someone that's already consumed your content or seen your stuff or has watched a a video, whatever it is, right? There's all that. So, um, so this, this is the other piece, right? When I, when I say about where to start, the first thing I'm going to tell you about create it the content planner, is that we want you to think of your content strategy and business fitting into your life, not the other way around. And meaning, you know, it's it's really easy to get super excited. Here's a great example. How many times, if you have been to an event for your business, you go, you take copious notes, and you're fired up, and you're all excited. And then it's like, you get back into reality. It's like, oh, my Lord, like it's almost overwhelming because you've gone so deep with all the thing with all the things, right? So this has to be coming from a place of, all right, let's look at the first 90 days. It's a 90 day calendar, uh, calendar planner. It's undated. And when people are planning their 90 day business goals, I want you to incorporate what's happening in your life during those 90 day business goals. That way you're not setting yourself up for failure. And you know, I'm, I just, probably when I was younger, go big or go home. Now I'm like, how does it feel? How does your life feel? And and, and again, I'm sure it's an age thing, but you know, so here are the nine steps to 
and I'm going to walk you through them in detail, but I'm going to give you the overview. So you're going to start with your 90 day business goals. Then we do the define your audience piece. Everybody's been through this exercise. There's two things in this where we talk about, I'm going to get into those details. Here I go telling you, I'm going to do it in a second. I'm going to walk you through. So number one, again, your 90 day business goals to define your audience. Third is plan your evergreen content. Fourth is define your focus content. The fifth is create and plan create and plan your platform plan. Again, this is getting into the weeds with what you're creating and publishing where. Next is create your content batching plan. Uh, number seven is plan your month. Eight is plan your week. Nine, review what worked. And I think I'm going to add in another page to that too. We're finalizing the design right now. So pre pre version two, like I got to knock this out of the park. And then it goes on to plan your next month. Okay. So, and that might sound like a lot, but what I want you to think about is when you get into planning the next month, you're not going to have to do the 90 day business goals and defining your audience again. You're just going to, and even the evergreen content, you'll get to pull over what you didn't touch on the previous month. Okay. So let's start with step number one, plan your 90 day goals. Again, I'm not going to go into all the basics of goal setting here. There's enough data online about all of this and articles you can dig into. And again, the one additional thing I want people to think about is what's happening in your lives. So when you're planning out marketing campaigns, you know, maybe start with, oh, it's grandma's birthday or, oh, we have a a weekend away that week. Like put it in there, put it in there because it's, it just, A, it feels better. B, you're much more likely to succeed when you're, and I'm not saying being realistic, you guys, I'm a dreamer. I like to go big, but allowing yourself the space to have a life too. So again, remember your content strategy has to fit how you want to live your life. Again, it's an undated 90 day planner. And unless it's a specific marketing campaign, like the upcoming, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend in the States, planning your content out beyond 90 days can be challenging unless you're planning out your evergreen content. But I wanted to reiterate, that's why we do 90 days. And I think... (laughs) you know, the pandemic and everything. And when the world shut down for a while, it was a perfect example of why you don't plan beyond 90 days. And I'm not talking about, okay, this is what we're going to release in the fall. So we can do this for Black Friday. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, getting into the weeds. Um, So there's a page for high level goals, where you are going to plan out that like just bullet list your 90 day goals. And then there's a page for each month where you can go deeper with your high level goals. Step number two is defining your audience. And this is where we're taking it a little bit further and maybe a little outside of the box. Because again, there are plenty of places online where you can, how to define your target market, your target audience, your ideal customer, pick the language that resonates with you. And naturally, we want you to think about and define the two primary factors, which are demographics and psychographics. And honestly, the psychographics tend to be what way heavier on me, but demographics, you need to know how you're talking to those people. But in addition to those two factors, we want you to define how your audience will feel when they consume your content. Remember, you are the biggest differentiator from your competitors. You know, we've all heard the term, there's no such thing as a new idea. And if you haven't read it, I highly recommend Austin Kleon's Steel Like an Artist book. You don't have to redesign the wheel. You need to put your spin on it. Deciding how you want people to feel when they consume your content is the easiest place to start. And you don't need to overthink this. Remember, your audience is made up of people. And this is a little off script side note. I wish someone had said this to me. Oh, I don't know that I would have like wrapped my head around it. 
To become an amazing marketer, a better marketer, to understand marketing, you simply need to understand people, human behavior and psychology. And then you take what you're learning there and apply it to copy. And the rest is just doing the work. That's my two cents. All right. Number three. Uh, Step three is plan your evergreen content. So most of us hit a wall every now and then and feel overwhelmed with the need to produce more content constantly. And I know Gary Vee is always saying that. More, more. The answer is always more, more, more. The answer is more. I think the the fallacy, is that the right word? But I think the challenge with that is that we tend to, we, the universal we, right? We tend to think, oh, I need to create more new stuff. No, you don't. Take evergreen content that you've already created and find it, reshare it. Like do a Twitter thread. If you've only done a tweet, do a tweet. If you've done a Twitter thread, or can you take that post and turn it into a LinkedIn video? Like just think outside of the box. So it's not about having to produce more new content. Take the time to create really good evergreen content. And then the rest of it's going to be a lot easier. So create it will guide you in creating evergreen content that you can get more leverage out of. We also want it to be search optimized and it should pull you off the hamster wheel. That's the whole point of the evergreen content planning within the planner. It teaches you how to define your evergreen categories and what type of content you'll create. And then we provided a checklist to ensure it has the evergreen qualities, you know, and there's a couple blank spaces where you can put your own little checklist in there if you want. Um, Your evergreen content should be easy to repurpose, relevant a few years from now and have clear calls to action. And I don't think I said this, maybe I wrote it at the end of the podcast post, but one thing I'm doing differently with this is everybody who purchases, there's a free training course, a whole video course, and you're also going to get a sample planner completely filled out. Like, so a PDF and it's not 90 days, but it's a sample of the first 30 days with because you're not going to, again, remember, we're not repeating the 90-day plan at the beginning of the next two months. But the sample, the filled out sample matches the course so that you have that to reference when it's like, what am I supposed to do here? So, you know, we're going to, education is a big piece of this. I really want to see you succeed. So that's why we're doing the video course and the sample PDF. All right. Step number four, create your platform plan. Again, gone are the days of pushing content to all the platforms with the same content and just resizing images. Those were kind of the good old days, right? (laughs) Where we could still get traffic or lots of organic traffic that way. And the other piece of this is, and I would test. There's there's no, uh, there might be data for this. I've not looked it up. But with all the scheduling tools that you can push content to, I would test personally pushing content through a scheduling tool. And then I would test um, posting natively, like going on to that platform and actually, even if you schedule it, putting the post in there and see if one gets more reach. I think it's probably the more you do natively, uh, the better reach it's going to get. But again, that's just a Kim opinion. So we'll keep going. Um, Our suggestion is to start with two platforms. Even if you're on all the platforms, start by picking two to deep dive on and master. I mean, things are changing so quickly, you guys. Um, And just a side note, mastery is not about knowing all there is to know about a platform because good luck on that, right? Like it'll change in a hot hot minute. But it's about learning best practices, applying what you've learned, and then working on constantly improving it. 
And so we have given you in the planner, there's like six pages for platform plan. And you just fill in which platform you're referring to. Um, We've also included best platform, uh, best practices for each platform. And we are including your website and a newsletter as the platforms we've listed uh, to help guide you. And what I'm thinking we're going to do with this, we can, this is obviously going to have to be updated. And I'm really committed to doing a new version of the planner every year, but it'll have to be updated periodically. So that's going to be done via a downloadable PDF, email, content, something, but we'll reference the platform plan. You know, this is an update. So if you've purchased a planner, you're going to want to take this information and apply it to your platform plan for Twitter or whatever, right? But so with the platform plan, your plan, easy for me to say, wow. Anyway, um, I'm I'm recording this later in the afternoon. I told you guys I got a little sleepy. But with the platform plan, you're going to define which platform you're referring to, your goals for that platform, the type of content you'll share there, what you want to measure, and then there's a section for notes. Step number five is defining and planning your focus content. So focus content is a term we've created for the planner. And on the one hand, it's self-explanatory, but there are three main buckets that your focus content will fall under. We've got evergreen content, which we've explained above. And for those of you who are really into SEO, that would incorporate, you know, your cornerstone, your pillar content when you're writing. Okay. But here, here's a little side note, guys, also off script, of course, is that there are a lot of people who have blown up and created phenomenal businesses by starting simply with Twitter and writing, and then they build a website. You know, for those of us who have been around the block for a little bit, we're like, of course you have to have a website first, right? Things are working very differently these days. Anyway, so the three buckets for your focus content, again, evergreen content, topical content, and connection content. So I'm going to focus on the topical and the connection since we've talked, not ad nauseum about evergreen, but enough. So the topical content, this is relevant to what's currently happening in your industry. So for example, if your business is about social media marketing, you're probably, you'd probably be talking a little bit, I would hope about the changes to Twitter with the recent acquisition by you know home. Um, this is more news style content that will more than likely be outdated at a certain point. And now how quickly is going to depend on your industry, you know, or realtors. I mean, look at the market, the volatility with interest rates or crypto. I mean, so pick a market that's got a lot going on right now. And so that's going to be your topical content. And that's stuff that you could simply assign. You know, we're going to do one to two posts per week on this platform. That's topical, whatever. Anyway, so you get the topical content. Now, the other thing that I want to stress here is that create it, the content planner is, I'm probably going to regret that at some point, but is really about your strategy and thinking differently and planning accordingly. I specifically for the weekly calendar, I didn't get into the nitty gritty of I'm going to create this for Twitter and you're going to write that all in as you're creating your strategy because it felt a little bit redundant to go in and say, okay, on Tuesday of next week, I'm going to post this to Twitter because you have to then go do that in some sort of scheduling tool. So I was trying to remove any redundancies. Um, So that's the topical content. Next is the connection content. And it might seem a little more ambiguous, but this is the content that connects at a deeper level with your audience. It might be something somewhat personal. It could be a behind the scenes case study and lessons learned. Maybe there are challenges you faced in your business or systems and processes. And again, depending on how you frame it, 
because systems and processes could also be evergreen content. So I, you know, anytime you add that human element, the story piece, I think there's a really solid value for that being connection content. Although I think if you can incorporate stories into topical and evergreen, you're that much further along. So as an example, I have talked about this before. I have something I call my core content values. And my core content value is that I want people to feel better for consuming my content. I'm hoping that people will be entertained, they're going to learn something, or they're going to connect with me at a heart soul level. Like, a, you know, there's, there's something about that ability to be a little bit vulnerable and share the challenges. And, you know, one thing that I'll probably be sharing after the first year is I'm looking at moving back to the States next year. And so this has been a process, like everything, life is, everything is processes for my therapist. Um, but, you know, originally I was like, I'm going to stay here for two more years. And it's always this time of year. I mean, I've had one other time of year here, but it's this time of year that I miss family and the holidays and stuff. At the same time, I've been through a lot this year, honestly, the surgery and my dog and realizing that I'm also at a stage in my life where, you know, I'm still building, right? This, I'm, I'm launching a brand new company and I'm still in this uh, work phase and the market that I'm in, I mean, market, the, the place I'm at, and I may have said this, so I apologize, guys. But I'm kind of sandwiched down here, meaning there's a bunch of retirees or there are families here because the international schools here are here. But in terms of like people, a lot of people working, I'm sure they are, but there's no like there's digital nomad visa, all that stuff passed. But, you know, I don't even know how to explain it, but I I've made great friends here, but my quote unquote tribe, I wouldn't necessarily say is here. I don't know. That sounds weird when I'm saying dear friends, like they're not part of my tribe, but you know what I mean? And probably more importantly, there is new zero dating pool down here. It's just, you know, uh, just no, it doesn't exist unless I want to date somebody 15 years younger who, uh, you know, I've had a handful of local Tico guys like, Hey, can I take you out? I'm like, why? We've not even had a conversation. It just, it's goofy. It's just a weird feeling. And I, anyway, I won't go sideways with that. Maybe that's for another medium article, but that content I've shared the move down here. I've shared, you know, last year was really hard down here at Thanksgiving. I'm not going home for Thanksgiving. Um, but I mentioned I'm doing this Thanksgiving dinner here and I'm actually all right with it. That It's fine. I'm going back at Christmas on December 18th. So pretty quickly after. And really, I extended that trip a few days. I'm looking forward. I miss, I, I, I'm, it's just, anyway. But being able to share even what that looks like for business, right? Like in many ways, I feel like it's going to be easier to get this off the ground in the States than here. And you might be thinking, well, it's digital, it's e-commerce. Why? You know, even the first planner is being sent to my daughter. I don't get to touch it and hold it till I'm home at Christmas. We're taking care of shipping initially, just like Jody and I did. We'll be shipping. I'm hoping not to have to do it for more than a quarter. Honestly, I don't want to wait too long on that. I want to get that set up. And if it means digging into profits a little bit to create systems sooner, so be it. Um, you know, but I also am looking at hopefully working with my friend Trey, working with him, joining his mastermind. He is an e-commerce genius and I want to do that as soon as possible. 
as soon as the business can afford it. Not Kim, the business is paying for this. And from that place, you know, I know he does a few in-person events where he lives in St. Louis. And so, you know, it's little things like that. Anyways, I'm going so off script. Where am I at with time? And I've still got a few steps. Sorry, you guys. All right, let's get back on track. Step number six. Uh, Actually, before I get into step number six, the last thing I want to talk about with connection content is that any time that I've created content from that place of intention and connection and sharing, it works. Every single time, you know, delivering value becomes incredibly easy because you're, you're showing someone you're not the only one or you're not in it alone or there's another way to do this, whatever that is. Never overlook that type of content. I would, I would lose my mind if I had to just write SEO content. All right. Step number six, create your content batching plan. Whoop, whoop. This is something I've put off for way too long. As I told you, not having episodes of the podcast in the can prior. And I'll tell you guys, part of it is like, not that I'm bored with the podcast. I love podcasting, but there's gotta be a different spin. I'm thinking of seasons or I don't know. And I think the other piece of this is me really reaching out and saying, who do I want to talk to? So I have a couple interviews that have been, people have reached out or introduced me and it's like, I do them. And I'm like, I need to start saying no to stuff that is like, no, no, don't want to do that. Don't want to interview you. (laughs) I sound like a jerk. I'm not. I love people, but you get my point. However, batching, and I'll tell you this, solo shows, I don't think there's any way I could batch these. I could, might be able to get ahead a a little bit, but there's, I, this is almost a 3000 word post. It's an hour long episode, probably longer because of all of my off script, but you get the point. And so it's something that I could plan out episodes and things that I want to talk about for very specific reasons relative to marketing campaigns. Um, but I, I don't think there's any way I could, I might be able to record two in a day if the episodes were written, but that's tops. That's it. Um, Interviews tend to be 30 minutes to an hour. I might be able to do two a day of those also, but I think that's it too. Like I wouldn't want to do more. Anyway, um, it's time that I rethink how I approach my content creation to be more efficient. And as much as I love creating content when the inspiration strikes, it can cause a crux in things when life happens. I don't know, like needing back surgery when you're living out of the country and your production comes to a screeching halt. Uh, Systems, anyone? Yeah. Hence my obsession with Jenny Blake and free time and Mike Michalowicz. I'm also going through profit first and I kind of pause clockwork to go back through profit first. Okay. Um, but for years I resisted content batching because I just am stubborn. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Like I go into resistance when I feel like I have to do something right. And that stubborn streak in me just didn't want to have so many things that I felt like I had to do. And so much of this stems from my days of client work and feeling like I had created a job for myself. Hold on, need a little sippy sip of water here. But as I've gotten wiser and a little more mature, I know that true freedom happens when I have the right systems in place and I do my best to avoid deviating from that schedule and process. You guys, I just published issue 105 of F the hustle. Like hot damn, kudos to me. I am proud of that. (laughs) So not missed one week. That makes me feel ridiculously excited. So 
you know, the truth is content batching gets easier to plan because you've already done most of the hard work, right? We've already talked about the strategy, what type of content, how we're going to create it, who's going to do it if you've got a team, whatever works for you. Uh, Because truly the hard part is the ideation and defining of what you're going to create. Content batching is where you just so go then deploy. You, You create the structure and schedule and you just go do it, right? But you're not having to sit and look at a blank cursor or a blank page. All right. Step number seven is planning your month. Wouldn't be much of a calendar. Uh, a calendar wouldn't be much of a planner if we didn't have calendars, right? So there's a monthly calendar and a weekly calendar. And the monthly calendars where you're going to include goals, marketing campaigns, life events, and wins. Yes. I really want you to celebrate what's working. Here's a little win that maybe you wouldn't consider a win. Yesterday, I had a really fun Zoom call with uh, Shruti and I didn't link this. So um, but I connected with her on Twitter. She was in Kavan's Build and Public courses. And I'm like, we were just DMing. She created a product for Gumroad, um, not for Gumroad, on Gumroad for herself on how to get in, how to start DMing people and how to create those relationships. And it was just really sweet. And when she put it out, um, it was, I think it was like, it was cheap, you guys. And I shared it in the newsletter. I don't mean cheap quality, but she started like at six bucks or something. It was just a small ebook. And so I think I paid 15 or 20 bucks for it. She was like, oh my God, thank you so much. And I'm like, you know, it's a little win to support somebody who see is out there doing the thing and doing the work. Anyway, so we had a fun call. Like we could have talked four days. It was an hour long call. And just because we've gone back and forth in the DMs so many times. And I'm like, let's have a call. And so we did. And it was eight my time. And late at night. She's in India, her time. And, but that was a win, like really getting to have that conversation with someone who's doing it and to now consider her a friend. To me, that's a win. So you need to incorporate those things into what's working. And, you know, another example would be at the time of this writing and recording, we're pretty close to Black Friday, Cyber Monday in the United States. And so the monthly calendars where you could start planning out due dates, when the emails start, social media, that type of stuff. You know, so your monthly calendar is really the bigger picture of what you're doing. And again, it's also a great place to add what's happening in your life. Don't put too much on your plate and end up feeling disappointed because you didn't accomplish as much as you hoped. You're the you're the only one that's going to know. Do I like this or not? And I've I've shared this I know so many times. But a lot of um, productivity people and productivity planners and whatever, they'll tell you to block free time so that you go, you know, from three to five free time. I, I lose my mind when I see a full calendar. It's just me, you guys. And again, I think this comes from so many years of working for other companies and like in retail management, like having keys to a building. Like I don't want to be accountable to anybody. <laughs> Clearly, not even myself. Not true. But so what works better for me is when I'm, when I have planned out my week, use Google calendar. When I planned out my week, I have Monday and Friday are always standard, no calls. And then if I know, okay, my, I've set appointments for everything else. I will just extend the no calls from Monday to Thursday, but that's at the top of my calendar. It's so I get to see the white space. That's it. I just get to see the white space. I need to see that on my calendar. All right, step number eight, plan your week. The weekly calendar pages can be used for content only, or ideally, you're planning your work week with them. So your work week calls, um, appointments. Yesterday, I had a higher appointment. Oh my God, you guys. 
I'll, it's not the regular guy who was doing it. It was a different gal. Three and a half hours later, just three and a half. I know I have a lot of hair, but three and a half hours for a highlight and some roots. I didn't even get it cut, you guys. <sighs> Paravita, I guess. They just, whatever. Long story short, I still feel like I need a haircut. Anyway. Um, yeah. So plan out your week. And what helps with that by incorporating those little things, you know, is I get to see, like, I've already scheduled in. This is a, I wish I could have planned this better. I have to do a border run before I go back to California, December 18th, technically by the 8th. How, how sucky is that? Like 10 days, but I'm going to do it on the 2nd. So like, I like to schedule that stuff in because I'm going to be shot that day. And I could take a shuttle, but I would rather be in the car by myself, go do it, get it done. But that is going to be tough on my back and stuff. I'm probably going to be pretty wiped by the time that day's over. Anyway, plan your week. Personally, every Sunday, I write out my week with colored pens on dot grid paper. I have Rhodia and it's R-H-O-D-I-A if anybody likes it. I love dot grid, which is all the writing space within the planner. There's very few lines. A lot of it's dot grid. So essentially there's lines, but it's, you know, the little light gray dots. And um, so I plan it out. The left side of, I should put a picture in the post. The left side is the week. And I'm like, it starts off with for me, what am I doing for me? And it's like, stay present, meditate, walk, drink, that kind of stuff. Uh, Then I've got create it. And then I've got kimdoyle.com. And then I've got other. And then the right-hand side, I go through Monday through Friday. And I rem- I list the, the uh, calls, the appointments. I do like F the Hustle reminder for the newsletter. And what that does for me, of course, this is all on my Google Calendar. But when I write it down, I remember it better. I just do. Um, so there's that. But, you know, it you have to find what works for you. And like I said, we didn't specifically include the micro content for your weekly calendar because it felt redundant to putting it in a system. Most people use an online scheduling tool, tool, and so writing it twice felt like overkill. Um, we want to be your partner in creating your strategy and planning out what you'll be creating. The publishing and scheduling should happen within your tool of choice. And one thing I'm hoping to do is partner with a scheduling tool, is to become a partner where we recommend each other. Maybe there's a special discount for our customers, vice versa, whatever that looks like. So really hoping that that happens. Um, I'm putting the intention out there and I'm thinking Publer. And step number nine is to review what worked. And this is self-explanatory, but unfortunately, most people don't take the time to sit down and review how their month went. And, you know, we did some um, analytics in Content Creators Planner. And I think because I just decided this yesterday, again, this is, you know, minutes from the printer, it may be a separate PDF, but is doing a kind of more generic tracking tool that you can track and and stuff that you can measure the platform plan. There's things that you can measure and track, but really looking at, okay, how many subscribers did I start with? How many sales? It's just very sort of top level because it's important to write down. Oh my gosh. Like you guys should see, I, I didn't put it in this, but I created, um, a page and it is the, by the way, this planner is landscape. Um, but I created a page with my dot grid and it's created pre-sales. So there's two thermometers on the left-hand side, it's sales on the right-hand side, it's planners. And I am having a ton of fun coloring that in, you know, so you can, the, the blank dot grid pages, you can write doodle, do sketch notes, do whatever works for you. So 
Whew, there you have it. Uh, create it. The content planner is really your guide to creating a content strategy that supports your business goals. And most importantly, honestly, is how your business supports your life and then getting more leverage out of what you create. That's a, that's a priority. I want people to see what they can do with what they've already created and then learn how to create stuff that has a longer shelf life. The better you get at content marketing, the more likely it is that your ideal customers will find you and most importantly, stick around. So remember that if your content marketing doesn't work for you first, meaning you enjoy created it, it's much less likely to connect with your audience. So holy moly, you guys, I can't believe it. I just clicked over to Zencaster and we are at 59 minutes. There you have it. There you have it. I am ridiculously excited. I should tell you where to get it, right? Createitcompany.com. So everything is, all the planners are $10 off. I will be adding digital only right now. Um, we launched with, there's three different offers. You can get the physical, the physical and the digital, the physical, the digital, and the Notion version. They all come with a complete training course and the sample PDF. They'll be shipping in December. So as soon as the planners start shipping, everybody's going to get access to everything. And, um, but like I said, I'm going to be adding another product. If you want the digital only, the digital notion, um, there's just only so many hours in the day right now, but it is coming. And then of course I'll be, uh, bonusing something for Black Friday, Cyber Monday that weekend. And, um, anybody who's already purchased will also get anything we bonus for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. But I will tell you the first hundred people who purchase are going to get a private workshop as a group. I'm not doing one-on-ones, a private workshop with me on planning. So, uh, and, and kicking off the new year. So it's going to be a little bit of the content planner, a little bit of planning for the new year. So that will be happening. I haven't decided if it is mid-December. I'm thinking it might be the first week in January, but either way, that date will be announced pretty soon. So you guys, I love you tons. I've missed doing this and look for a little revamp in 2023. How are we even saying that, you guys? I can't believe it. Four weeks from Saturday, I'm going to California for Christmas. I'm sitting here in shorts and a tank, shop, tank top and bare feet. But anyways, again, thanks for always for listening. And uh, yes, it will not be so long. We're going to get this back on a weekly schedule. Just bear with me. And I am not going to put too much on my plate, but I will be doing a big, huge year in review episode as well. Until next time, guys. Thanks so much. Have you signed up for F the Hustle yet? If not, now's the time. F the Hustle is a newsletter for vision-led entrepreneurs ready to ditch the hustle, grow a profitable business, and enjoy the journey. Just go to kimdoyle.com forward slash F the Hustle to sign up today.